my fellow Americans, ask not what your country can do for you, ask what you can do for your country. In the councils of government, we must guard against the acquisition of unwarranted influence, whether sought or unsought, by the military-industrial complex. That we can, and so help us God, we will make America great again. What's up, guys? Welcome to another episode of the No Gimmicks Podcast. I'm your humble host, as always, Brady Leonard. Hopefully, you guys had a terrific weekend. Uh, great show for you today. I was joined by my brother, Aaron Bandler. Always a great time talking to Aaron. And we had a ton to discuss, as always. Uh, we talked about the coordinated attacks by uh, the Democrats, the Trump campaign, and corporate media on Ron DeSantis and his family. We talked about the possibility of Joe Biden invoking the 14th Amendment to uni- unilaterally raise the debt ceiling without an act of Congress. Uh, we talked about the impending financial calamity coming uh, down the pike if we don't get a handle on entitlement spending and how neither party wants anything to do with that. Um, a lot to get to. Uh, I think you guys will enjoy it. Before we get to Aaron, guys, if you haven't already, please follow us on Twitter at NoGimmicksPod. Please subscribe on iTunes, SoundCloud, Spotify, wherever you get your podcast. Make sure to subscribe. If you are an Apple user, please take a few seconds to leave us a five-star rating and a good review. I'd really appreciate that. And if you like the show and want to get involved, you can support us monthly over on Patreon, patreon.com slash the Podcast. All right, without further ado, the great Aaron Bandler. All right, guys, we're here with my brother, Aaron Bandler. Aaron, how you been, man? Well, you know how it is. You know, there's never a dull moment in the news cycle. <laughs> unfortunately, unfortunately. Unfortunately, yeah. Same, man. I, I want to let the audience know before we get started, uh, you're you're coming in on very short notice um, because apparently my no-sleep new dad brain completely forgot to prepare anything for the podcast this week. <laughs> Yesterday afternoon, I sat down. I was like, all right, who do I have coming on the show tomorrow? Nobody. Who do I have coming on on Wednesday? Nobody. <laughs> I was like, holy crap. For some reason, I completely forgot to book anything for this week. I, I don't know. I mean, I'm usually very prepared, man, but I don't know, dude. Having a baby. Happy it's... to bail you out. Yeah. Thanks, man. <laughs> thanks. Of course. I appreciate it. And the audience appreciates it. So we got to start today. I want to start with this this piece from Politico this morning. Um, and I'll tweet it out under the show when, when the show's out if, for anybody who missed it. The Biden White House believes that they can use Ron DeSantis's record in Florida as a, a warning to the country uh, against electing a Republican in 2024. They also think they can use DeSantis's record to flip Florida blue somehow. Um, I don't know where these people—I mean, this makes absolutely no sense. I mean, DeSantis has a 60%-plus approval rating. He just won re-election by 20 points. Florida gained a congressional district after the last census because so many people are packing up and moving down there. Uh, 61% of American voters would rather live in Florida than California, right? So it's like out of the bad strategies out there, this has to be one of the worst. And by that, I mean, I hope they run with it. I mean, this is fantastic for us, but <laughs> wow. Well, and, and, and California Governor Gavin Newsom has been making similar statements lately. Uh, on social media and so forth. So this is good, the, the, the Democrats' talking point. And, yeah, they're running with it. Uh, and of course, the irony is, as you mentioned, like people are leaving California in droves to Florida. It, it, and it's, you know, it's not just for nice weather, as uh, Patty Glacius claimed on Twitter, because right. um, because California has the nicest weather out of any state, and people are leaving uh, because, of, because of the insane policies going on here, because of how bad cost of living and crime is. And so... And Florida's weather, I mean, yeah, I suppose it's nicer compared to, like, D.C. or New York, but 
you know, it, it's it gets really humid over there. So it's during the summer, and 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 really rainy, and there's hurricane seasons. So you know, it's not like Boulder has the best weather. Um, what I think this does show is that the Democrats really do fear DeSantis. Um, the reasons you stated, I, I mean, the, the fact that he has such a high approval rating in Florida and how he's basically turned Florida into a red state when it used to be purple for so many years, such a short amount of time. Um, I think the Democrats know that he is uh, that he is going to be the more difficult candidate to be in 2024 than Trump, and, and so and so that's why it's not why they bring after him like this. Oh yeah, hundred percent. I mean, going back decades, every gubernatorial election was extremely close. Like the Jeb Bush elections, Charlie Crist elections, uh, Rick Scott. I mean, they were all. And then DeSantis's first first win four years ago. It's all like within a point. You know, it's all within a hundred thousand votes or whatever. And then he just wins by it's like one point six million, something like that last year. But yeah, Iglesias and all these hacks. <laughs> <laughs> trying yeah. to say, save the journos, you know, saying that people only like Florida because of weather. It's like, dude, you, I mean, you've you've lived in California your whole life. Like, California has way better weather than Florida. The, the coast is beautiful. I mean, it's not even like I mean, Florida's pretty, but it's it's no California. I mean, come on, <laughs> like, in in Florida, it's a hundred degrees and humid, or it's pouring down rain. And if it cools off a little bit, iguanas start falling from the sky. <laughs> so yeah. it's like, come on, man. Like, it's a freak show down there. Let's be honest. Like, yeah, you know. And, and also, you, you get all the gators that they, they have to look out for. I mean, weather-wise, one thing in California that we have to worry about is earthquakes, you know, every now and again. Um, but otherwise, it's like we don't have seasons here. Like, it's just like sunshine all the time for the most part. And, and, and so, yeah, I, I mean, the weather argument, it, it just doesn't fly. 63% of independent voters say they would rather live in Florida than California. And even 39% of Democrats say they'd rather live in Florida than California. And honestly, I'm sure that number is higher because, you know, Democrats, you I'm know, sure. they yeah. just don't want, they don't want to admit that their policies destroy everything. So, you know, I, I'd imagine that 39% is, is over, is probably a majority of even Democrats. It's just, come on, man. If you're paying... 13% extra in state taxes versus zero in Florida. I mean, it's like, come on. It's it's a no-brainer. And the yet, I, I, I would imagine that many of those Democrats continue to go Democrat when they move to Florida. Um, oh, that's sort, of, that's sort of the big irony here is is that, like, when these Democrats leave blue states for uh, redder states, is that they, they still continue to vote blue. So that they keep voting for the same policies that cause them to leave to begin with. Um, it's. I think Mark Levin has described it as being like described this phenomenon as kind of being like locusts. You know, they just keep state after state. Uh, I, I'm not really sure what. I'm not really sure what the right answer is to sort of combat that because you can't restrict freedom of movement. So, um, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I guess if you're just a Republican, have a ton of kids. I don't know. Yeah. Just fortify your state with children. <laughs> I don't know. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. I mean, you're seeing it, too, like, you know, in Austin, Texas, which has doubled in size in the last 10 years, with people fleeing California, it's like, you know, you're starting to see those Democrat policies destroy stuff. I mean, there's like a—I mean, it's nowhere near the the levels it is in, in Southern California or, or, you know, the Bay Area even. But, I mean, like, there's now a huge homeless problem in Austin. You know, there's like—you're starting to see some of that nasty California stuff creep in, you know, like needles on the ground everywhere and stuff like that. So it's like— and they yeah. also have a Soros VA. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah, man, I know. And Austin's awesome. 
Gosh, I hope I hope the libs don't ruin Austin. <laughs> yeah, I love I, that I've town, Austin, man. A, a, few, a, a January for work matter, and uh, it was interesting. Um, I definitely like to explore the city more, but I I was you know I I I thought it was cool. Did you get any like food truck food down on Sixth Avenue or anything? I did not. Uh, next time. Oh, dude, you can get like really great stuff from anywhere around the world from a food truck. Huh? And none of the bars well, even yeah. sell food, you know? It's just, like, awesome pubs, and then there's food. There's a food truck in front of every single one of them, and it's, like, going to be some super authentic, awesome food from something somewhere, you know? And it's it's the best, man. I love Austin. Food trucks, food trucks in general are pretty great. Oh, yeah. So, I mean, and you're, you're totally right that the left fears DeSantis for obvious reasons, and, and now, I mean, you know, you, you'd figured they'd wait until he— uh, announces he's running for president to go after his wife. <laughs> but, you know, I guess, I don't know. This, this is the day and age we live in right now. The corporate press and the Trump campaign are, are attacking uh, DeSantis' wife, Casey, now, because they're, of course, the worst people on earth. A bunch of hit pieces over the weekend. They all quote Roger Stone, of all people, who's a complete yeah. degenerate and also a, a Trump supporter and advisor. Man, I, I think... I think people are so used to politicians' families being an absolute freak show that they're they're not used to normal people, you know, who get into politics. And because like the worst thing they have on Casey DeSantis is that her husband listens to her and values her opinion, which it's like, all right, journalists, you discovered marriage. <laughs> like, I don't. <laughs> yeah. I mean, come on, man. Like, I don't make business decisions without talking to my wife. Like, I don't go grocery shopping without talking to my wife. I mean, like, we make decisions together. We have the same bank account. That's normal. That's how normal people live their lives. Living your life in any other way wouldn't make any sense in most marriages. So it's like, well, I mean, if that's the worst they have on the DeSantis family, then yikes. Yikes. Yeah, yeah, indeed. And it seems like it's a pattern of, of the media to always go after Republican, potential Republican first ladies or just Republican first ladies in general. Uh, they went after Nancy Reagan when Reagan was president. And there were attacks on on, on, Mel- on Melania Trump too, um, and it, it just goes to show that there's just no lengths that the, the press will go to to try uh, to be a Republican. I mean, remember in 20, during 2015, 2016 primary, the Washington Post went after Ted Cruz's children, yeah, um, who were like very young ages at, at, at the time too. So it, I, I think this is just part of part and parcel of that same pattern. Um, and and Casey DeSantis sounds like someone who is. Probably Ron DeSantis' best asset on the campaign trail. Um, you know, she's very, very likable, has good charisma. Um, you know, so it, it's it, so clearly like it's like again, they view her as they view DeSantis as a threat, and, and so they are going after his wife because of that. Yeah, I mean, like, and this isn't a tabloid show, so we don't need to get into it, but it's like Roger Stone attacking somebody's marriage. But, yeah, right. Come on, man. <laughs> like, come on. It's been, you know, we know what that guy's into. So let's not, uh, those in glass houses, yeah. I suppose. I mean, come on. Let's, let's not be ridiculous now. Um, a, a lot of Democrats in Congress now are, are asking Joe Biden to invoke the 14th Amendment and raise the debt ceiling without an act of Congress. So obviously this is illegal and evil and, and all of that. But I have to imagine this would be the final nail in the coffin of the U.S. Constitution. I mean, like, come on, man. Like, if government can just raise the debt ceiling, continue to print an infinite amount of money without congressional approval, which they kind of already can, but if that was official policy, I, I suppose we could at least finally admit that the Constitution failed. I mean, like, I, I suppose, Aaron, that the founders just did not foresee 
Democrats. <laughs> you know, they, just, yeah. they couldn't see 21st century Democrats coming. Right. And of course, the full faith in Senate clause does it, 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 of course, does not give give the president the right to just raise that limit at any time. Of course. Not. I mean, one of the core functions of Congress is the power of the first. It, it's, it's Congress's main negotiating leverage. And so if that goes away, then we basically the, 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 the what check is there on the president, really? You know, I, I, I should say, what for checks on the president? What check does Congress have on the president then? Uh, I, I mean, like, that's. That's we're if that happens, we're, it's, we're getting taken to really scary territory, because they basically means the president can just do carte blanche, what, 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 you know, whatever he or she wants, and um, so, and and of course the Republicans keep trying to negotiate with Biden, and Biden doesn't just doesn't do it. He doesn't want to negotiate, and, and yet and yet they're the ones that are blaming the Republicans for you know supposedly putting the the U.S. on the brink of default. You know, to, you know default really is not. As real a possibility as people as people think it is, because I mean, yeah, interest rates are, are getting higher, and that's part and that's part of it. But like most of these payments, like Social Security, Medicare, and so forth, they can still be made um, if, that, if the debt limit isn't raised. It just means that like other spending elsewhere has to be cut. And, and, and of course, the Democrats don't want that. And two hundred Republicans don't want that either. Yeah. It always seems like with these debt limit fights, the Republicans are, are are too afraid to shut down the government, and then they throw away all, all their negotiating power. It seems like though McCarthy. Is taking a different stance, a bolder stance on this. So, um, so we will see how this plays out. Um, but yeah, if if Biden unilaterally unilaterally raises the debt limit based on the Fourteenth Amendment, then yeah, the Constitution is officially dead. Yeah, and I think we're just screwed either way, man. I, <laughs> yeah, I mean, like it does look like the Democrats will get blamed for the debt ceiling fight this time, which usually doesn't happen. Usually. You know, the press is able to spin everything into, um, you know, spin everything against Republicans no matter what's going on. But maybe it's just the nature of Joe Biden himself. I mean, like people see Joe Biden on their TV and they're like, all right, <laughs> like maybe it's this guy's fault and he can't even speak English anymore. But like it does yeah. look like the Democrats would get blamed for this, but it's not going to actually help Republicans because we're so far out from the next election. But we're just we're just screwed. I mean, both parties at this point are on the record saying they refuse to stop spending and they refuse to reform entitlements at all. I mean, Donald Trump is attacking Ron DeSantis because when Ron DeSantis was in Congress, he said he wanted to reform entitlements 10 years ago or whatever. Yeah, okay? like every... DeSantis from the left. <laughs> yeah, and, and of course, well, yeah, he's attacking him to the left on abortion and everything else. Side note, we can get this in a second, but how great is it going to be if he attacks DeSantis on, uh, on immigration from the left? That would be just, really funny. Just chef's kiss. My goodness, yeah. But uh, anyway, when we have you know the 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 I don't know the front runner for the Republican nomination attacking his colleagues from from the left on economics, it's like and I saw a poll just yesterday. Only twenty two percent of Americans support entitlement reform. So it's like, guys, it's gonna it's coming due. Like the whole thing, it's gonna come crashing down. Like Social Security is gonna be insolvent in nine years. A lot of people are gonna get hurt. Because we are a fat, ignorant, lazy, stupid country, and yeah. nobody's serious. I mean, when you have both parties on the record saying we will not reform entitlements, we will not stop spending, it's like, guys, it doesn't matter. Like this debt ceiling fight, it does not matter because the bills come and do either way. Right. And Medicare, that's going to be solved even sooner before Social Security. And the thing is, is that like the trustees and actuaries, you know, who, people who oversee the, 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 these entitlement programs, like they are saying, hey, you're working well on money. But by, 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 by this date, 
and no one seems to care. And so, and it's like, you know, Mark Lowe always likes to say that the laws of, uh, laws of economics eventually catch up to the laws of politics. And but when that bill comes due, man, it, it, it's, it's, it's going to get ugly. You know, I, I mean, that, that's really what a default is, is going to look like. You know, like if people start losing these payments, which is what will happen yeah. if these reforms don't happen, it's, it, it's going to be, it, it's going to be an ugly scene. You know, I, 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 I think we could see riots out on the street, all, all these kinds of things. That's what happened in Greece all those years ago. Yeah. Uh, when, those, when those austerity measures were, were being implemented. Yep. Um, but yeah, but yeah, I mean, it, it's, but, but, but given that there's no political will to address these uh, these time programs that that's that's the future we're looking at. Right. And the only way out of that, uh, you know, to avoid a complete economic collapse and, you know, seniors just immediately getting a whatever, 20, 25, 30 percent cut overnight in benefits, you know, people losing their homes all over the place, you know, and obviously government would try to step in and bail people out and would make it 10 times worse. And it would just, you know, it would be a snowball effect. Um, yeah. You know, setting us up for a, a, a second Great Depression that would probably last decades. But I was talking to my buddy, uh, Andrew Donaldson, the other day about this, and, and he pointed out that when Calvin Coolidge uh, cut government spending by 75%, you know, or, or whatever it was, he didn't have every TV journalist and paid DNC social media hack running propaganda about how Paul Ryan wants to kill your grandmother and, and, and right. pictures of firefighters dying anytime he tried to cut spending. You know what I mean? Like, the press is handcuffed. Any reasonable human being has, who has managed to get elected to anything for decades, you know what I mean? And you see it with war, too. I mean, just like whatever the state wants, they get. I mean, like I remember Trump, I think it was 2018, um, said he wanted to end the Afghanistan war. And then every journalist in the country promoted the CIA propaganda that Russia put bounties on U.S. troops. And, I mean, regardless of what you think of the wars, I mean, like the deep state just doesn't allow Republicans to do anything. I mean, they will crush you, and they use the press, uh, you know, as the as the, the as their pit bulls, man. I mean, the the press and the deep state are one and the same, and it's just like there's no constitutional check against that, you know. Like the founders never could have expected the press to do this, like they never would have seen the press behaving like this as the shock troops for the Democratic Party. I mean, it's like I don't know, and and you know, maybe that is one of the reasons why, like, kind of taking this back to DeSantis, it's like. That guy really does like Trump liked to pretend like he didn't care what people on TV said, but that's just not true. Like he, he oh, cares yeah. very deeply what the corporate press thinks about him. It really doesn't seem like DeSantis does. I mean, it's like they try to do the whole don't say gay thing and all the, the gay propaganda and all that. And he's like, no, screw you guys. <laughs> like he, he just doesn't care. So it's like I think that's what triggers the journos with somebody like a DeSantis. Like just the, the propaganda just doesn't seem to work on him. Right, but but as as you said, the census is basically the outlier at this point in the Republican Party because most of the Republicans, uh, most likely Republicans, they're more like close to Trump in the sense like they they care about what the corporate press says about them. They care uh, about being invited to those D.C. cocktail parties, etc. Yeah. etc. Et, et, et et and it works every time. Um, I mean, even Reagan, who um, I, Reagan, I I think did more to cut spending than people give him credit for, but. I mean, spending still still increased under him too, and in large part because it was not just. I mean, he did have to deal with Democrat House, but even Senate Republicans blocked some of his spending cuts. Like he proposed yeah. eliminating the Department of Education, Senate Republicans blocked him. Yeah. Proposed eliminating the Department of Energy, Senate Republicans blocked him. So I, I mean, people talk about the Union Party. This 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 is what they mean. 
Um, it's, it's because Republicans and Democrats are, aren't serious about cutting spending. Yeah, yeah, 100%. A lot of uh, Senate Republicans uh, were trying to stop him from uh, negotiating with Gorbachev, too. They didn't like that at all. They thought he was uh, a squish on Russia or on the Soviet Union, which is like— Yeah, imagine that. <laughs> goodness gracious, man. Like, if Ronald Reagan is a dove, like, jeez, what's wrong with you people? Goodness. Yeah. But yeah, no, you're absolutely right. And it's like a lot of these, you know, we view it's easier for people on the right to view something like abortion as a binary issue, as a clear cut good and evil, right yeah. and wrong issue, because it's like it's so visceral. I mean, it's, you're literally just murdering a baby. Right. It's just like life and death. It's right there. But it's like the same laws of common sense apply to economics as well. Like it's everything is like that. Everything is binary like that. Like the gun issue. It's very, you know, it's very easy. Like I am pro gun. I think you should be able to own whatever gun you want. And then Democrats are like, nope, shouldn't be able to own any gun. Like it's fiscal sanity is like that. Okay, you can't avoid it forever. Like I don't know why these people are so cocky or maybe just stupid or uneducated. They just think that it'll never affect them. They'll, you know, they can kick the can down the road indefinitely. It's just not. It's not going to happen. And we need Republicans who are bold on issues like guns and are bold on issues like abortion to be that bold and, and use common sense on issues of economics, too, because a lot of people are going to get hurt. A lot of people are going to get killed if we don't write the ship. Yeah, it, 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 I think it nailed on the head when you said that that they want to just kick the can down the road. That's what it is. I mean, they, they don't want to face a lot of these politicians, probably a Democrat, don't want to face any political blowback uh, that, that they might receive from cutting a certain the constituency's favorite pet project, uh, you know, cutting spending for some for some constituency's pet project, and so and so and, you know, they're probably going to be okay no matter what because you know they have their they 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 have their they, excuse me a second they if they if they they they're, they're, I mean these politicians and even even a lot of these journos, um, and they are insulated from from these policies. They ha- they have their bubbles in D.C. New York, L- L.A., or whatever, they're not going to be affected by, by any of us. It's, it's the everyday people that are ultimately going to get screwed over here. Um, and, and so for satisfied politicians, it's, that's why it's so easy for them to just kick the can down the road um, and for journos just go along with it. Yeah. I mean, you see it anytime any economic news comes out, you see what, how the journos frame it. You know, like, good news! The, the you know, in, inflation's down. It only rose... Six percent year over year this month. It's like okay, well, it rose twelve percent year over year the previous year, and everything's three times as expensive as it was a few years ago. <laughs> okay, yeah. So it's like you know if yeah if you're a millionaire journalist living in D.C. or New York, I mean it just doesn't matter if food is twice as expensive, but it does matter if you're poor living anywhere or middle class living anywhere like it's yeah it hurts families that eggs are four bucks a dozen like it hurts families that gas is five dollars a gallon like you know it's not good news that unemployment is only x if you're unemployed you know it doesn't matter that like inflate oh inflation only rose six percent well that's bad man (laughs) that's really really bad like we shouldn't like eggs did not become more valuable why are they more expensive you know so it's like the way they, the flippant matter in which these journalists talk about the economy too, because they are insulated, like you said, it just doesn't. And the politicians too, and and that's the thing, man. The people making policy, I mean, Joe Biden has hundreds of millions of dollars. Donald Trump has billions of dollars. Like Nancy Pelosi has 
half a billion. I mean, like the people writing the laws and enacting the laws are insulated by their own finances. Like it doesn't matter. Like I, w- I mean, a, a real quick way to to <laughs> to write the ship would be to make it how uh, the country was originally set up. Like Thomas Jefferson died poor, uh, in tons of debt because like if you made if you were a governor of a state, you made a bad business deal, you were personally accountable financially for the money that you lost your state, that you lost your constituents. So it's like, you know, unless we get back to something like that, I just don't see these extraordinarily wealthy lawyers who who make the law. It's like they just don't care, man. Like, they, why would they? It does not affect them. It doesn't affect their family. They have generational wealth. What's it to them? That's so, that, that's so true. And I think it's worth mentioning that a lot of the founders and framers actually did die poor and in debt. Um. And so, because uh, uh, so back then, it, it was not, it just was unfathomable to think that politics was supposed to be a full time career that, that you, could, you could make lots of money out of. It was supposed to just be like a part time thing, you know, you, you, you serve for a little bit of time and then you go back to the private sector. It, I don't think the founders ever envisioned that, that, uh, that government would become so big that, that, that you could run for office and cash in on it. Apparently, nowadays, you could lose. Uh, a, 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 you could lose a political race and cash in on that too. <laughs> you know, I mean, I mean, I don't think ever mentioned politics would become this big industry. Um, and, and so, I, I mean, again, all, all this really comes down to kind of the size of government. Uh, and you know, term limits, I, I think, would probably help with that. But I mean, California has term limits, <laughs> and, and look what's right. good that's done us. So, right. Um, yeah, it, it's it's. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it, it's it's really um, it, it it's. It's it's hard to know exactly where to start with um with, with, with trying to turn politics back into more of like a part time thing, but I, I it's but regardless, it's assuming you hard to be any will to really do that because you know, these politicians don't want don't want to limit their own power. So, hundred percent, and you're absolutely right about running for office too. There's no dis. I mean, you used to it used to be like a huge stain on your reputation if you ran for office and lost, especially running for president. And, and yeah. losing. You're just like, you're done. I mean, you're like, you're out of the conversation forever. Um, there's no, I mean, all the incentives are there to just run for no reason, you know? And like, I what I need people to understand, because you see like tons of conservative writers, like every day there's a new, you know, Tim Scott announced he's running for president over the weekend. Or, you know, I think the official launch is today, actually. And Nikki yeah. Haley and Vivek Ramaswamy and, and Mike Pompeo and Mike Pence and all these guys. And it's like, they all know it's either going to be Trump or DeSantis. You know, I mean, like on the on the left, like like Robert F. Kennedy Jr. and Marianne Williamson know it's going to be Joe Biden. I mean, it's like they know this. Tim Scott's not an idiot. Like he's like he's not that delusional. He just like why wouldn't he run? He can write books. He can make a ton of money. He can fundraise like crazy. And so it's like when when all these right wing writers are like, did these people learn nothing from 2016? Did they learn nothing that crowding the field? No, yeah, no, they learned. They learned they can make bank, bro. <laughs> like, what are you doing? Yeah. They they learned the correct lesson for them that there's no downside in running and losing. It doesn't matter. They'll still win re-election in their right-wing state. They'll still do whatever. They can go sit on a board of whatever for whatever, and they can write books. You know, it's like, no, like, they, they learned that, I don't know, it's better financially for them and their family to run for president. And it's like, I don't know, we just we have to eliminate these incentives, man, <laughs> because this is yeah, wild. Like, everybody knows. Like there's any, it's not, I'm not sure there's really any legislative fix. Like, if you can't tell someone, no. you know, that they can't run for president like, if they're eligible. Um, 
but I mean, I, 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 I think it's more of a societal thing, you know. Right. Like if, if if people weren't if these candidates, losing candidates weren't being rewarded with um you know with with book deals with jobs in the administration or with like or some TV gig, um then yeah there'd be less incentive to to to, to run for office. But but I think part of the reason why these people gain so much attention is because the fact the government's so big. If government was small. Then no one would care, like who who runs your office, because it has no effect on our lives. But so because government largesse does affect our lives, you know, like these people are, are these politicians are given celebrity status. Um, and you know, at, at, at the end of the day, that's 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 really what what it comes down to. Hundred percent. And the press, you know, makes so much money off of it too. Everything's well, so yeah. media driven, <laughs> you know. It always comes yeah, back too. to the press. <laughs> there's always, well, that, yeah. in yeah. any conversation, there's always blame to go around for corporate media, I, I, I think. But no, you're absolutely right, man. You're absolutely right. The power incentives there, the financial incentives there, there's really no downside anymore. I mean, unless we start publicly shaming these people, which we should. You know, like the the, I mean, yeah. the, vo- the voters in South Carolina should punish Tim Scott for, for you know, f- running this ridiculous campaign that he knows he can't win. You know what I mean? Like, when Nikki Haley runs for something again, the voters should punish her. Like, no, like you're just a hack. Like you just want power. Like, what's wrong with you? You know. But they won't. Right. <laughs> so, yeah, I, mean, I mean, I mean, regardless, Tim Scott's gonna win re-election easily in South Carolina. Oh sure. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. It's. I mean, he won by you know whatever 18 points or something his last election. So he's safe there, and he knows. I mean, I I get it, man. You know, if you're a politician, why not? If you have no principles whatsoever, you know, like why not? <laughs> go yeah. go get that paper, I guess. But yeah. A lot of fun stuff today, Aaron. Hopefully, I have some good news oh, to report. Oh, yeah. It's a, a, a of optimism. <laughs> good news all around. Everything's doing great out there, buddy. Where can, uh, where can everybody follow you online, read your stuff, keep in touch, all that good stuff? You can read my stuff at, at, on the Jewish Journal's website, jewishjournal.com. On Twitter, I'm at Bandler's Banter. Um, give, give us a follow. Absolutely. Everybody follow Aaron. He's great. That's all I got for today. I'm Brady Leonard. I'll be back on Wednesday. No gimmicks. Thank you.